today I'm sitting down with Mitch Casey from Ball Boys Fantasy as we continue our analyst journey during the off-season chatting about life away from the court or the virtual court. Let's go balls deep. Welcome to another episode of the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International, FBIBasketball.com is the website. Uh, head over there, check out all of Matt Lawson's dynasty stuff that he's got coming out, uh, my rankings, which I stupidly put out already. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adam. King 91. Uh, I'm chatting with Mitch Casey, as I said. Mitch, good to have an Aussie. Good to be doing this at a reasonable hour of the day. How are you? Yeah, mate. Makes things a lot easier. Uh, I'm doing well. Doing well. Good to good to catch up with you after uh, a little while. How, how are things going with you, mate? Yeah, yeah. Look, life's good. Life's busy. Um, it is for everyone. Um, it's actually good that basketball has cooled off a little bit. It gives me time to do, do some other things. And, and you've obviously... Um, You've got the fantasy basketball stuff going and, and some AFL yeah. stuff, which we'll, we'll talk about. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyone you, that listens you to your show. Mm. Yeah, anyone that listens to your show um, will have listened into that, well, whatever it was, a 10-minute show that you did explaining where you went yeah. and what happened. So yeah. um, if, if, you, if you're not sure, go and check that out. Um, there was a good reason for, for you sort of stepping away slightly for a couple of months. Yeah, no, we're back though. We're back on board. You Obviously, are. it's a it's a it's a roller coaster. The fantasy basketball, especially season. Um, obviously, news happens very very quickly, and uh, want to put out a good product and uh, try to stay up to date as much as possible. So we're back into it. Off season uh, is on right now, but the fantasy basketball content doesn't stop. So it does not. Yeah. It does not. Uh, so starting first question here. Uh, I guess fantasy basketball. With some analysts, I know the answer to this. With some, I don't. With you, I do. Uh, fantasy basketball is not your full-time job, and your, your unfortunately full- not, not yet. Unfortunately, <laughs> not. Sadly, no, we'd all like that. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess a couple of parts to this question: What away from fantasy basketball? What is it that that you do? Share as little or as much information as yeah, you that's like. Fine. That's all right. Then, so, yeah. Oh, and then and then following on from that, I, I guess where from where you started in the fantasy sports domain to where you are now, what's that journey been and looked like for you? Yeah. So I guess um, away from uh, fantasy basketball and podcasting and things like that, I am an exercise physiologist uh, by trade. So work a lot with uh, athletes and also with people um, doing rehab from injuries and things like that. So I guess um, I do that as I work for myself, uh, self-employed, which allows me to do a little bit of uh, flexibility in in my work and obviously juggle the many things that I've I've, had going on the last couple of years. So um, have a lot to do with with exercise and sports from, I guess, a physical and science point of view. and yeah, so that's that's sort of what I do with my day job. It involves obviously me getting up very early most mornings. So most mornings I'm up as uh, early as 4.30 in the morning. Uh, a lot of the time it's uh, going to work, uh, do that for three or four hours, come home, 
watch basketball, uh, some record a podcast if I'm recording that day, then go back to work to catch people after their after they finish their work, and I can see them in, in the gym and, and do their rehab or whatever have you, and then come home late, repeat all the next day. So it's um, it's a, every day is a little bit different for me, but um, I guess the beauty of it and and working for myself is uh, the flexibility allows me to yeah. pursue these kind of interests and uh, uh, yeah, so that's sort of. Uh, my background in the the other side of my life, the professional side of my life. And uh, fancy basketball has just sort of been something that I've done basically, I think, what are we now, turning 23? About uh, 12 years now I've played with my mates since high school. Um, always been a basketball fan, basketball player myself growing up. Um, never really that good at it, but <laughs> always had a passion uh, watching the pros and, and things like that. And decided in 2020 when COVID hit and we're all sort of sitting around without any sport to watch, twiddling our thumbs, um, always, you know, had good conversations with my mates, uh, talking trash to each other about basketball, thought we'd just record it one day. And it started out just being a regular NBA podcast where we were talking about the bubble and things like that. And then as the, the next season came around, we started talking about fantasy basketball because we all played in a league together and, um, that picked up a bit of traction. People seem to enjoy what we put out. So ever since then, sort of converted into a fantasy basketball podcast. And uh, yeah, that's sort of, we've been sort of going from, I guess, from strength to strength. This is, uh, it would have been the, the third season that we did the last season. So yeah, yeah. coming up to season four now. And and yeah, and, and as you mentioned, it's, uh, well, yeah, 12 years, that, that's similar to me, I guess, my timeline. Um, and for me, it, it was it was similar. It was just, I was writing articles for our league and, and doing things like that. And people sort of said, hey, these are, these are pretty good. And by you sort of contact people, you reach out, you make connections and, and off you go. You've actually taken your, your love, I suppose, of fantasy sports sports in general or sports in general. And I can see the AFL ball behind you. I think Americans might not know what that ball is, but I can see it. Yes. Uh, And I can see on the top shelf there, a little little Richmond. Yeah. 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 We've got a few Um, little bits of memorabilia here. So little clues and and Easter eggs as to your other passion, which is, I mean, anyone that listens, it's, it's fantasy AFL and AFL in general as well. Yes. So is, You've obviously transitioned a little bit into that um, over the last six months, I'd say. It's, it's ramped up yeah. quite, a, quite a bit. Yeah, we've, we've started um, – well, we've just recently launched the Ball Boys uh, AFL Fantasy Podcast, yeah. um, which is uh, something that we sort of just – I'm doing with um, my partner's brother, actually, who lives uh, very close around the corner to us. So it's made it really easy for us to connect and just talk about AFL Fantasy. I'm a little bit more recent to that sport and that format of um, you know fantasy sports, but it's something that I've definitely enjoyed. It's very different to like a fantasy basketball in the sense that – you know, fantasy basketball, you're in a league with your mates competing against 11 to 19 other people or whatever have you. But uh, in fantasy AFL, it's a bit more of an Australia-wide competition where, you know, the winner at the end of the, the year wins a, a car. Um, you know, the top 100 win these uh, very prestigious top 100 hats with your ranking on it and things like that. So it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a different salary co- uh, format type uh, game. But it's um it's something that I've played a lot and uh, had some decent results over the last couple of years and it's something that I think um I'll continue to do especially you know in the the off season of of basketball the the AFL and basketball seasons marry up 
quite nicely where, yeah. you know, one is on, the other's off. There's a, a, a little period at the end and start of each that it'll be quite busy. Um, but at least at the moment, it's um, it's pretty manageable for me to, to cover cover both. So, uh, yeah, it, it is. It's one. So I, I spoke with Matt Smith um, oh, a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't know what order we're releasing these, but spoke with Matt Smith and, and he's a big AFL fan as well. Um, yeah. And we spoke about that we are quite lucky here with how the football codes and how the basketball and now the NBL because the N, our yeah. National Basketball League it doesn't mirror the NBA because we we don't have as many teams or as many rounds yeah it doesn't go quite as long yeah but the season falls at the same time yeah so we actually we basically have tw- like sport 365 days a year yeah without, without a, a significant crossover where you're having to go well what do I watch today do I watch basketball do I watch football <laughs> yeah so, yeah um so we are pretty lucky and and as you said fantasy football is is quite different over here and i i don't do fantasy afl but i do fantasy rugby league and oh yes super same coach. So, yeah super coach so same sort of concept yeah. where you're against anyone who's in the in fantasy really um yeah. so it is yeah it, it is a little bit different but uh, i've been enjoying it my first year doing fantasy uh league yeah. and maybe maybe next year i'll i'll you listening to your show you'll be able to talk me into doing fantasy afl <laughs> Uh, it's a great community, so you're always welcome, mate. Uh, yeah, and there is like there is a super coach version of AFL yeah. as well. I think there's yep. there's two competing sort of games there, but quite similar, I guess, as as opposed to the uh, the rugby league. It's more, I, I think, for me with fantasy. I know with fantasy basketball, like I like this time of year because well, fantasy is scaled way back. I don't have multiple teams on the go at once that I'm monitoring and watching waiver wise, which. Is, takes up a lot of time. It does, yes. For me, during the regular season, and I think this is just a me thing, I don't think this is a fantasy thing, but I actually find it hard. Not hard, but if I have so many players on the go, I don't know what team to watch. And I always feel like when I watch my players, so say I've got, I don't know, say I've got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker for some reason on my team, and I... I always feel like if I'm watching them play, they play worse than if I don't watch yeah. them play. Yeah, I don't I know if that's that. a me. Is, is that I, I, I can definitely get or? that. I, I usually, uh, it's tough, like, especially like this most, most recent season. Um, you know, at the start of the year, I, I put out a, um, yeah. a season guide at the beginning of the year and sort of uh, for the first time put like my rankings out there in a very like, this is the rankings, this is it, um, sort of a way, uh, instead of like that more general sort of advice through the podcast platform. And, uh, you know, some of the, the guys that I put a bold claim on, um, you know, that maybe weren't performing very well, I was, uh, sometimes I'd be like, okay, I've got to watch them like a hawk to see if I'm, you know, yeah. missing something or if, or sometimes I just go, oh, I'm, thinking about it too much i'm stressing myself out too much so i'm gonna flick over to another game where i you know got someone who i haven't ranked quite as highly or yeah. the, the take wasn't quite so hot and just sort of enjoy the basketball but it is um yeah it is interesting sort of the, the rituals and uh, i guess yeah. superstitions we, we develop as fantasy coaches as well That's um, right. I, I do this thing where i i'll i'll watch the game and then i'll only check the stats like every quarter um yeah because I, I want to watch the, the actual thing and not just follow the numbers because, um, you know, I get, get really caught up or sometimes I trick myself into thinking that they're not going to go up as much while I'm watching them. So, yep. yeah, yep. we all do funny sort of things, I reckon. And I know if I'm in a close matchup and it's, it's well, it's Monday for us when the matchups end, normally around yeah. 
lunchtime morning, in the afternoon yeah. on a Monday when, when they end. Yeah. For me, if it's a close matchup, especially towards the end of the season, I don't check the box scores or anything until yeah. I get home from – like I don't want to see it going up and down because that yeah. stress. stress. Of, yeah, no, oh, no, I no. need two steals and, oh, man, what the hell? Like Mason Plumley just got four blocks. and yeah. So, yeah, it's – uh. <laughs> it, it does get frustrating and this time of year is nice because I don't have any of that to worry about. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, on, I guess when you do look at, at rankings, as I said, I've put my rankings out. I think over time, like I've done, I know I've done rankings probably for, I don't know, four years or something. And if you have a look at, um, so Matt Lawson just did a, he spent a long time on it too. I know. Yeah, I did, did see that. Yes. Um, he's just released a, a spreadsheet sort of compilation of a number of analysts. I think he had about 10, maybe 10 or 12, mm-hmm. and had a look at all of our preseason ranks and then lined them up with where players finished the season and, and graded them accordingly and stuff. And you, you look through there and you can see, like, analysts are never bang on. Um, and, oh, and I think absolutely. Like it's, yeah. um, a, a name that sticks out for me with you this season, and I don't know why, was Tobias Harris. I don't know whether it's just because you, yeah. you were so against him. That name I was definitely just against him, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then he started out and he was getting all these steals somehow and, and yeah. doing all these things he's never done in his career. And yeah. I don't know why that one stuck with me. Um, I mean, he wasn't yeah. great. I think he was, he was, I made a video. I think he was like, you know, the top three or four in terms of my busts for the year. And um, yeah, he, he definitely came out better in terms of the rankings than I, I, I sort of expected to. Um, and and I'll, I'll put my hand up and say I was a little bit maybe too uh, ahead of myself in terms of the, the demise or predicting the demise of Tobias Harris. He did, in fairness to me, he did the second half of the year. I just did a recent yeah. video on this based on um, sort of the, the post-trade deadline, you know, rises and fallers. He definitely fell off the second half of the year because those steal numbers came down. But yeah. like you said, like it's, we're never going to be 100% right. And especially like because the NBA season is so long, things can change so dramatically, you know, with the trade deadline and things like that. Um, you know, a, a season rank doesn't always like tell the full story of a player like if you look at someone like uh jalen williams he had a complete season of two halves um you know these kind of guys can completely turn themselves around um you know because of one thing or another so whilst that is always good to go back and refer what they did the last year i always uh do think it's important to make sure we we understand rankings and what they actually mean in terms of how we can use them to yeah. do well in our fantasy leagues because they are not always the be-all and end-all. No, absolutely not. And, and I mean, there's plenty of ex- like good examples of that. Like, if you looked at pure rankings, I think Giannis was outside the top 100. Oh, and we, yeah. we know that's not right. That's not um, reflective of what he's doing for your team, especially in head-to-head leagues. That's right. And, and 190 I think, was, yeah. Yeah, and, and so... Like I know Josh on his podcast, he's doing all the team breakdowns at the moment, and, and when he talks about player ranks, he talks about a, a the minus is it a minus one rank? I think he calls it. Where yeah, you minus one rank. Yeah. Their 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 worst category, and I actually I like that idea because a lot of people punt. I I love punting, and so mm-hmm. your rankings aren't they don't really take punting into consideration a lot of the time. So. Yeah, I, I did something similar with my season guide last year. We had, I referred to it as like a punt ranking where I would basically, yeah. um, you know, give their turnover rating a like a half weighting and then I would punt, like, you know, punt the category that you would probably expect to punt with that ca- yeah. uh, with that player. So like a Giannis, 
um, you know, or, or you know, it'd be a free throw percentage. If it was someone like a, a Kyrie Irving, you might be punting uh, rebounds, for example, or, or a better example might be a Steph Curry punting blocks, those yeah. kind of things, and and how that actually values the player. And I think that's a better way to sort of go into mm-hmm. a season uh, because then it does like a Tobias Harris, someone who's you know kind of even across the board because he's not contributing a whole bunch in. You know, a few categories he's kind of doing average across everything because of that way that I look at things and this is very much slant towards head-to-head leagues that definitely gives at least in my opinion a better understanding of what a player's value yeah. is to your team if you go about punting correctly and a lot of people you know are for or against it or, or don't quite yeah. understand how to do it properly but yeah that's that's kind of the way I, I view it so I yeah I think that's a good way to, to sort of view a player's quote-unquote value uh, yeah, and, and I think alternatively you can look at it from the reverse perspective in that if you were to take away a player's best category, someone like a Miles Turner or yeah. Nick Claxton, who their their value is heavily weighted towards blocks, take that away. So like Claxton, I think you look at him, he was like a top 20 player or something. He's not really a top 20 player. He's just a really good shot blocker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think I was I was doing the same thing as well for like a player like a Zion as well in the preseason. Like we were all getting bent over like what he could be doing because his field goal percentage was like 60% on 20 attempts or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, like it's only one category at the end of the day and you can only yeah. have so good of a field goal percentage. Like if you beat every team by, you know, 15% in field goal, like there's still only one win at the end of the day. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. Ke- Keeping that in mind. And, and like that, you said, like those blocks and steals, like they do also fluctuate. So yeah, uh, rankings are good, but at the end of the day, yeah, uh, my, my, in my experience, especially in the head to head category leagues, that's sort of something uh, a lot of people maybe sometimes fail to understand when yeah. constructing yeah. a team. So something that I'll hope to continue to find a maybe better way to articulate our players value uh, moving forward in sort of the way yeah. I go about things. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. So, and for a, a podcast where we're not meant to be talking about fantasy, that's a lot about fantasy. Yeah, so, all right. <laughs> Let's get off that. We can go um, for ages. So with, so, I mean, you've got your, you've got your job, you've got um, fantasy, obviously outside of those things. Um, I'm fairly certain you don't have kids. No, no kids at the moment. No although we're we've got a a, a little baby uh, nephew and a baby niece on the way, so we're soon okay. to be uh, my partner warming and I, up. uncles, yep. uncles and aunties. So yeah, warming okay. up, <laughs> not warming our up. turn just yet. But yeah, no. But, you know, so so when you're when you're not working, when you're not doing fantasy, um, you travelled. I know recent yes. recent ish, you travelled. So so in terms of travel, other hobbies, what what sort of makes up the rest of your life? Uh, well, uh, so I, I, we love to travel. My partner and I recently, we went over to Europe, um, which was amazing. We were over there in winter. Um, I'm a big fan of getting outdoors. I'm a big um, uh, skier. I like to, whenever I can, go on a ski holiday. Uh, I've traveled to a few places, skied a, a lot of places around the world. Um, so very keen on sort of the outdoors and, and experiencing different cultures and things like that when I can. Obviously, it's a little bit more difficult in Australia, a little bit further away from everything. Um, so yeah, doing a lot of that. I, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a nerd as well. I watch a lot of movies and, and, uh, pretty into pop culture and things like that. So, um, get, get quite into seeing a lot of, a lot of film and, uh, TVs. I'm, I'm not, not too big of a, a party animal these days. So I spend a lot of time <laughs> sort of chilling at home, hanging out with friends. Um, 
Uh, I love playing poker. So big, big, uh, I wouldn't say I'm not a gambler, but I love uh, the, the tactile and uh, strategic element of, of poker and things like that. So my friends and I host like a, a monthly poker tournament, which we, which we do, which keeps us busy. And um, yeah, a lot of different things on the, on the run, but yeah, travel is definitely something that I do a lot of. And uh, I've been to the States a few times, seen a few NBA games in my time. Um, which is always a, a highlight going over there. So, yeah. Uh, and so, movies, movies is is a big passion of mine as well. Any any specific genre, any specific movies jump. Like if you had, if someone asked you, oh, what are your favourite movies or TV shows? Yeah. Would you have an answer, or is that like a four hour discussion? Yeah, it's like a four hour discussion. I think um, I I'm a big I do like a lot of science fiction. Um, is sort of. Uh, I guess a broad term, but but a, a very wide range of movies. Like uh, I think um, uh, one thing that my partner and I do, we we watch all of the I guess all of the Academy nominated films every year. Um, yeah. As, as um, a lot of them often go over our heads, but we watch all the the ones that are more critically acclaimed. Um, and often you find some really good diamonds in the rough there. Um, but otherwise. You know, followed along all the all the Marvel movies and things like that every year, uh, all, all the big blockbusters as well. But uh, I'd say science fiction and any any sort of good drama with a good script and and a good story is something that I'm really into. I'm I'm sort of more drawn into uh, filmmaking uh, as like an art form as well as like storytelling. Yeah. Uh, I think is the movies that grab me the most. So I guess yeah. that encompasses a wide wide range of of movies. It does. Uh, yeah, I think for me it's. I mean, I horror. If I had to pick a genre, if someone said, "What's your favorite genre?" I'd probably say horror. Yeah, right. But in saying that, I I don't like every horror movie, but it tends to be more of. And it's the same with music. It's the same with TV shows. I, I really just look at it based on its own merits. So even if I'd say, yeah. "Oh, look, I don't like romantic movies," if there's a movie that appeals to me and it's a romantic movie, I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, I really just I watch a movie for what the movie's about and the acting and the story and, and a number of concepts. I wouldn't just go, oh, I don't like that genre, mm. so I'm not going to watch it sort of thing. Um, and now that my kids are a bit older, they're almost 13 and 16, so they're at very different points in their, um, I guess, where they're at with movies and, and TV shows. And so with my, my daughter and I, we often sit together and watch uh, rom-coms so um, yeah because like we watched Notting Hill the other day um, we've watched Miss Congeniality we've watched um, The Proposal we've watched uh, Marry Me so th- those sorts of movies just I don't know they they tend to fit us as a yeah. in our relationship yeah. and then my son we've just like he's just got through Stranger Things and we're watching yeah, yeah, yeah. the Marvel movies and we're watching he just likes things that are big. So he likes Godzilla, Pacific <laughs> right, Just right, those right. things that don't really have to have a good story. It is action. Lots just, of yeah. action and lots yeah. of violence and stuff. So, so yeah, you do find, and I'm sure you'll find as eventually if you have kids yeah. and as they grow up, that, that does determine what you watch a little bit. Yeah, well, um, I do have, I do have, my brother has a, ne- uh, a son and he's my nephew and we've just watched the uh, the Mario movie recently. That was good fun. Oh, yeah. Like something yeah. that was just, you know, obviously I played a lot of those video games growing up and the amount of references and fan service in their jam packs in that movie was, was fun. Look, it was, it was something you just kind of switched off and enjoyed, yeah. but yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I like the, the cinema going experience still. So still try and get to the cinema as much as possible. I, I hope that cinemas stay around and we're not mm. all 
watching uh, on Netflix and things like that for in the future because I do. There is something about like going to the movies that I still really, still yeah. really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I've got a friend, a good mate of mine, who we we try to go once a week to the movies to see something. Oh, There's nice. always something yeah. on, and and we've noticed since COVID. There's certainly a lot less people going to the yeah, movies. I would definitely um, which, imagine so. Which is a worry. Well, it, it's nice in terms of it means there's no one in the movie. But yeah, oh yeah, that's the bonus for you there. But yeah. in terms of that cinema being around, <laughs> I know maybe not so much. It, it's hard. Yeah, so I'm the same. I really because I still think going to the movies is a is an experience, and for kids as well. Like yeah, yeah. My, my my kids love going to the movies. So, yeah. um. So for and I mean we'll we'll start wrapping up soon, but travel wise, you said you've been to the states. You've said you've been to Europe. Yeah. Any favourite destinations, like places you would you would sort of jump at the chance to go back to? Um, I was just um, having a conversation to a friend who's actually uh, going to Japan uh, soon, and and I've been there before, but I would definitely jump at the chance to go back to a place like that before. I think the last time I went, like I said before, I'm a, a pretty keen skier, so we went and focused most of our holiday on skiing. Uh, we did spend maybe a few nights in Tokyo, but didn't actually see as much as uh, probably I would have liked, like the... The, the thing about Japan is that it's such a different culture to where we are, but it's still a place that feels super safe and super welcoming and everyone's extremely friendly. It's, you know, it's a first world country, um, but there's still just beautiful landscapes. The city is, there's so much happening there. Um, so I would love to go back to uh, Japan. Um, it's always, again, a place that was great fun skiing and things like that, but I think that would be a lovely place to go. And I think we also want to go back to Europe, but in a summer holiday this time as well. So last time we did like a, you know, we did um, Switzerland and um, we went across to, we went up to Finland as well and, and all of those sort of like wintery uh, destinations, Austria um, and a few other places there as well. Uh, but this time we'd want to go back and do do like yeah, Italy and Greece and things like that if we could. Um, it's yeah. a bit of a trip, to, a bit of a hike from here, but it's definitely something it we want to tick off the old bucket list. So, uh, yeah. yeah, those are probably the, the two big spots. Um, yeah. 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 No, that, that's that's fair. Um, so last question, and this is back on fantasy a little bit. Victor Wembanyama is going to... Oh, yes. He'll be picked number one. Um, I think I think we can agree on that. Yeah. He can fall uh, over and break his leg and he'll still be picked number one. I think so, yes. Yeah. Uh, he, he... So, having done my rankings already, I've already sort of got an idea of where I see him in my rankings. And again, rankings aren't everything, but... Yeah. Looking into next season, I guess, where are you projecting... Well, what are you projecting his ADP will be come the start of the season so once i mean the hype's very real um <laughs> once we hit that sort of peak draft season uh, mid sort of early mid october what do you think his adp will be and probably a different answer it has been a different answer for most analysts is yep. where would you be comfortable drafting him based it's on funny that? i i probably uh, i was I, I saw that one of some of these episodes have dropped and i've been meaning to watch them but i haven't had a look at them yet but I, i'll be interested to see what other analysts are saying but i expect based on what i foresee the hype being around this guy that i actually think that adp wise victor weminyal will be going in the first round um i think that he's going to be someone that people just will jump at any chance to have this guy on their fantasy team because he is He's going to be, and it's very exciting. It's it's extremely exciting for the sport, for fantasy basketball, for the NBA, because I think he's going to draw in a lot of 
fans who maybe have been tuned out of the NBA for a little while and some casual fans a bit more into it because he's just this, he's the alien, right? Like he's this LeBron James level type talent. So I think just the the hype and the fun around a player like Victor Wembanyama is going to be crazy. So I think he's going to be going in the first round personally. Um, I probably wouldn't be wanting to draft him until at the earliest. And again, look, I haven't done any of my rankings (laughs) for next year so far. I'm working on some dynasty rankings and he's going to be, and I'm going to be releasing my top 25 soon. He will definitely be in that and quite high, but in terms of redraft for next year, look, he could, potentially be a first round at the end of the year. I know Carlton Towns was in his rookie year, but I don't ever want to bank on that. So I'd probably be drafting him maybe in the 20s is about where I'd expect to be drafting him or wanting to get him, which means I'm probably not going to get him. Um, yep. Maybe at, at the highest, if I wanted to just go crazy, I'd get him to the late teens, but I expect him to be gone on there. What? How does that rank to what other people have said? I'm not sure at all. Oh, look, there's been a bit of... A bit of in well, largely most people are, are, the, are similar. So I think we're sort of settling on his ADP probably being back end of the first, early second. So I think yep. sort of from about pick ten, maybe maybe down. Um, I agree. I think with the hype, people are just going to want him on their team yep. no matter what. I, so, I think lock in a first round. He could even push into the mid first round. Maybe. Um, I, yeah. Looking at the rankings. Crazy. Looking at the rankings already, and again, it's, it is very early and there's a, a lot that could change, but it is looking a little bit like this year where if you don't get the first maybe or maybe second pick, you're actually going to be much better off drafting pick 10, 11, yeah. 12, um, because from about pick eight or nine, there's probably a round's worth of players that could yeah. easily be first rounders. Um, I think Wembenyama will fall into that bucket. Um, AD, uh, in terms of where people are wanting to get him most are sort of saying well ideally the third maybe the second yeah but i think no that's about where i am as well so yeah um because I, I think from memory i had chet holmgren if i just compare him before his injury i think i had him ranked sort of late 30s in in my yeah. in my season guide rankings um and i think victor's probably maybe around better than that um just because of his offensive upside a little bit more so. Um, so, yeah, that probably put him in sort of the the mid-20s, I'd say, yeah. is about where I'd be getting. So, yeah, start of the third, early or, or late second. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but as you said, we're not going to get him there. No, I don't think that's <laughs> going to be happening, which is a shame. I just hope that I get a high pick in one of my dynasty leagues and uh, yeah, and snag I'll, there Well, look, I'll, I'll probably just go in, in a few draft-only leagues and, and just take him. Just like, take just, a swing. Just to have him. Just I've got to have yeah. him somewhere. Yeah. So, um, so look that that'll wrap things up uh, for the show. Thanks for coming on. Um, no worries, man. Now you've Any you've time. obviously got the AFL stuff going on, and, and you said yeah. you you're starting to do some dynasty content and roll yes. that out. Um, any like, can you give us any specific details as to what will be coming out over the next two, three months? Yeah, so um, I, I, if you haven't already, go check out the last couple of videos I've put up. I've done a sort of a video on what have we learnt uh, from the 2022-23 season, just more uh, both for myself and, and other things I've noticed around the uh, fantasy community on what what we did well, uh, what we didn't do well, what, what can we improve on in the future with our preseason and during the season 
rankings and analysis of, of fantasy guys. Um, and then we also took I took a deep dive into players who broke out after the trade period and guys who fell off the trade period as well. So they're my most recent podcast you can go check out. Um, we're going to now move on into draft slash dynasty content uh, over on the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball channel. So I'm going to be starting a uh, top 100 uh, dynasty rankings mini series where I'm going to be doing sort of, uh, I think I'm planning to do four parts sort of 25 uh, spots at a time. So next week I'll be revealing my top 25 rankings for dynasty leagues. So that's basically if you were doing a startup draft, what kind of ranking would I sort of look at these guys? Yeah. And it's it's tough with a dynasty league, but I guess it's kind of just trying to put a value of a player in terms of like their currency in a draft league, uh, sorry, a dynasty league. Um, so if you were looking to either trade or acquire one of these guys, what kind of pieces would you have to give up is another way to look at it as well. Um, and then also we'll be starting to dive into the draft class coming through. So uh, when we get closer, I'll start to do some uh, big boards, some mock drafts and things like that, start to look at some uh, comparisons between some of the uh, prospects coming through and, and then eventually doing some dynasty rookie rankings as we get uh, into the draft and we know the draft order and all those sort of things. So yeah, that's what's on the horizon. And uh, yeah, and before you know it, we'll be back into preseason mode. So uh, that's yeah. right. Um, that's, that's and look, I, who did I? Uh, I can't think. Oh, I did. Alex Reclean was my last show. And we actually talked a little bit about Dynasty. And I think it's slowly growing. I think Matt Lawson agrees with me a bit. The, the Dynasty space is growing and people are, are becoming more aware. And But I think it's important if, I mean, not everyone is into Dynasty and, and you don't have to yeah. be. And that's fine. But even if you're not into Dynasty, I really think if you can just keep your foot in the door and listen into like your dynasty yeah. stuff, Matt, Rhett Bauer does some, Noah Rubin's got, got his um, new podcast out, just listening in and staying across what what's happening in dynasty leagues and with players and rookies and that sort of thing can only help you when it comes to redraft leagues for next yeah. season. So I think yeah, even if just because you're not, Oh, I don't want to do dynasty. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be, at least just listening to one or two podcasts a week. I mean, we've all yeah, absolutely, and especially because like you can you can get those those guys that break out halfway through the season where dynasty manager probably been on these guys for you yeah. know a couple of years now. We sort of uh, we know this guy's got the potential in him. All he needs is his role or whatever, and and that can inform you to at least even if it's not the start of your year, at least chuck them in your watch list or something like that, and and you're you're already one step ahead of everyone else who's kind of just tuning in when the preseason starts. So, yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. It definitely helps redraft people as well to stay across the yep. news. Yeah. It does. Yep. All right, cool. So thanks. Look, as I said, thanks for coming on. Um, go and check out Mitch. Uh, check out all of his stuff, Ball Boys Fantasy. Uh, that will do it for the show no today. Remember, check out all of our content. Uh, FBIBasketball.com is the website. All of Matt's stuff's there, my player rankings. Um, we've got these interviews coming out um, two a week for the next probably three months. Um, you can follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Give us a thumbs up. That would be great. We're, we're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. That would be nice, but we'll see how we go. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.